Hallelujah. Uh, so this evening, uh, we'll continue uh, with our topic for the month, My Heavenly Father, taken from the book of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 26. That's our theme test for the month, My Heavenly Father. My Heavenly Father, indeed, is being our Father. He's been everything to us. He's been the ancient of days. And we're free to personalize it to say, My Heavenly Father. My Heavenly Father. Hallelujah. So today, our topic will be focusing on understanding God as our Heavenly Father. You know, we just want to rub minds together. You know, for the year, we'll be looking at uh, all and blessings. And we've been asked to focus on the one who blesses us, the ancient of days himself. So today, we've just come to, to look at how we can study to understand this our God better. The one who owns all the blessings in heaven and the earth. Praise the Lord. Understanding God as our Heavenly Father. And our main text will be taken from uh, the book of John, chapter 20. John 20, verse 17. If you're there, you can kindly read. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. John 20, 17 says, Jesus said, Do not hold on unto me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them. And I want you to focus on this latter part of it. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my father, your father, to my God, your God. Praise the Lord. That's what Jesus said. I am ascending to my father, your father, to my God, your God. What a privilege. What a privilege. We are no longer slaves, but we are God's children. We are sons. He said, behold, what manner of love he has given unto us, that we should be called the sons of God, the children of God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And our second text is taken from the book of Hebrews. Chapter 12, we'll take a look at verse 9. Hebrews 12, verse 9. Furthermore, We've had human fathers who corrected us, and we pay them respect. Shall we not much more be read, Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? And if you take a look at that verse from the book of from um, NLT version, it says the Father of her spirits, the Father of her spirits and live. Praise the Lord. And the last uh, test we'll be looking at, the third one, which is Galatians 4, 6 to 7. Galatians 4, 6 to 7. Hallelujah. Thank you so much, ma'am. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So we look at the introductory aspect of it. It said, understanding God as our Heavenly Father invites us into a deeply personal and transformative relationship characterized by love trust and intimacy it reassures us of our identity and significance as cherished children of god destined to dwell in his presence forever as we delve deeper into this topic 
let us take time to examine some of the attributes. I want us to, this evening to focus on the attributes of our Father, the Heavenly Father, the God Almighty who created us. Hallelujah. And reflect on how we can cultivate a meaningful relationship with Him. In the verse tapestry of scriptures, we encounter glimpses of the majestic attributes of God, facets of His characters that reveal His nature and draw us closer to Him. As we embark on this journey of exploration, let us open our hearts and minds to the profound depths of God's being, seeking to know Him more intimately through His Word. Praise the Lord. So, right away, we'll be digging into the depths of God's attributes. God's attributes. You know, when you take a look at it, uh, indeed, it's a bit difficult to really explain who God is. So the question of our Father, who is our Father? When Jesus, when they asked Jesus that question, said, Abraham is my Father. You know, and when God even appeared to Abraham in the book of Genesis chapter 17, he called, he, you know, he presented himself to him as El Shaddai, the Almighty God. And as will be seen shortly, we see how God has been trying to pass that message across to us, to just, you know, use things that we can relate with to explain to us some of these attributes, to just explain to us that, look, this God Almighty, you know, we can try to just have these glimpses, just, just have a little understanding of who he is. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So understanding God's attributes is essential for grasping his nature and character. When we delve into his, the attributes of God, we seek to answer fundamental questions about who he is, what is like, and what kind of God he is. An attribute of God is a truth about his being that helps us comprehend his divine nature. Why fully comprehending God is beyond our finite understanding. He reveals himself through various means, including his word and creation, allowing us to, believe, to begin to grasp the greatness of our creator. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And he goes further to say, God descends human transcends human understanding. He is utterly unique and incomparable. Attempting to describe him with words falls short of capturing his holiness and majesty. Praise the Lord. You know, but God has graciously allowed us to know him, albeit in part, through self-revelation, through his word. You know, he revealed himself to us through his word. So we're just going to take a look at some of these attributes. And the first one we'll be looking at is God is infinite. Praise the Lord. Hope the microphone is okay. Okay, praise the Lord. So God is infinite. And this from here, praise the Lord. So we'll be looking at the book of Colossians chapter 1, verse 17. God being an infinite God. Hallelujah. So it means that God is self-existence. He's self-existence and is sovereign. He reigns over all. Our Father does not have any origin. Or who can tell us where God comes from? 
It does not have origin. It does not have beginning. It's sovereign. It reigns over all. You know, and the book of Colossians chapter 1, verse 17 says, and he is before all things. So if somebody who is before all things, how can he now have a beginning? It's before all things, and in him all things hold together. And the second test, you know, Psalm 147, verse 5 says, Great is our Lord, and abundant in power, his understanding is beyond measure. His understanding, you cannot measure, you can't quantify it. Our God is great. We cannot quantify it. So the fact that God is self-existence, that he was created by nothing and has always existed forever, is perhaps, you know, when you're looking at the attribute of God, it's, it's difficult to understand this, you know? But he has helped us in a way by explaining even when he appeared to Moses. And Moses asked, who do I even tell Pharaoh or the Israelite? Who, who do I tell him, the person that sent me? And he said, tell him that I am. I am that I am. I am has sent you. I am is telling you to go and do this. I am. Praise the Lord. And then looking at, you know, one of the articles I came across uh, with, uh, from uh, Dr. Adran Roja, you know, he writes about the self-existence of God, and he says the name Jehovah is used more than, used more than 6,800 times in the Bible. It is the personal covenant name of Israel God. And in the King James Version of the Bible, it's translated Lord God. Not only does he speak of God's strength, but also speak of his sovereignty of God and goodness of God. And the root of this name is self-existing, self-existing. One who never came, came into being and one who is always will be. And like I said before, when Moses asked God, who shall I tell Pharaoh has sent me? He said, God said, I am. And you can see that in the book of Exodus chapter 3 verse 14. And he said, Jehovah the Yahweh is the most intensely sacred name. When he even come to that name Yahweh, I am. And looking at, you know, from... Uh, the theologians, they said the whole word Yahweh is spelled, or the formation is, everything is in consonant. There's not no vowel within that word, Yahweh. And is that even some Israelites, they dare not even mention the name. They would prefer to mention some other names of God, not this particular name. I am, I am, I sent you. Just go there and do what I've asked you to do, which means this God does not depend on anybody, he doesn't depend on anything. He's our God Almighty. Because we're talking about all-round blessings. And I'm trying to take you back to the Father for us to understand our Father, to understand the attribute of this Father. And this Father is saying, I am, I am the I am. So which means when you are at the crossroad of life, when you're faced with difficulties, anxieties, a whole lot of things, we should just try and relax and think and remember who the father you are calling on to is. Who is that father to you? You know, today, he's letting us know, reminding us that he's the I am. God who does not depend on anything. So he expects the magnitude or the capacity of the enemies all around us. The one we have with us is the I am. Is the I am. Self-existing God. Hallelujah. 
We cannot describe him. We can't, we can't just fathom this God Almighty. You know, and there's this song that I just want to sing to just bless the name of the Lord. From the highest of high to the depth of the sea. Oh, creation's revealing your majesty. From the colors of fall to the fragrance of spring. Every creature unique in the song that he sings. All exclaiming, indescribable, uncontainable. You place the stars in the skies and you know them by name. You're an amazing God. All-powerful, untamable, all strong we fall to our knees as we humbly proclaim. You are an amazing God. Who has told every lightning bolt where he should go? All in heavenly storehouses laden with snow. Oh, imagine the sun and give this to his life. Yet conceal it to bring us the coolness of life. Nor can fathom indescribable. Uncontainable, you place the scars in the stars and you know them by name. You are an amazing God. All powerful, untamable, all strong, we fall to our knees as we humbly proclaim. You are an amazing Hallelujah. Indeed, our God is amazing. He's awesome. You know, and the second attribute we'll be looking at is, it says God is immutable. Our Father is immutable. It shows that God is unchanging. You know, today we look at the world of technology and we say, hey, hi. What AI does is, you know, he uses multi-level machine language for him to be able to learn for whatever you are, you know, as you interact with it, learns from you and then begins to give you a better output. But our God does not need to learn from anything. It's been the same right from the creation of the world, before the world was created. It's still the same God. He has not changed a bit. So he does not need hey high. He doesn't need any of this. He does not even need to learn to say, okay, oh, this human being, they have changed their character. Can I also learn about how they behave and then change? He's unchangeable God. Hallelujah. You know, and the book of Malachi chapter 3 verse 6 says, Hi, the Lord do not change. So you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. I do not change. Praise the Lord. So it doesn't change. Right from the beginning, it has been like that. 
and it's still same God, incredible God. Hallelujah. So when we are faced with issues of life, know that God does not change. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if he has done it in time past, he's still more than able to do it and to continue doing it. So when you talk about our Heavenly Father, it's the same God, the same God that saved you from destruction in the time past. He hasn't changed. He still has the capability to be able to save you today. Praise the Lord. So if you have been battered, you've been dealt with, and you're looking at it that, oh, this thing I'm experiencing is far, far more than maybe what I've experienced in, the, in time past or what other people are experiencing. They don't even understand. They cannot relate. But I've come to tell you today to remind you of this attribute of our Father that is immutable. It doesn't change. It's constant. Hallelujah. It's constant. Praise be to the name of the Lord. And you know, the third attribute talks about God is self-sufficient. He's self-sufficient. He doesn't need to depend on anybody. You know? He has no need. Some people will say God has need. It is said by our Father who says, if you, even if you refuse, if you refuse to, to shout, Osana, Osana, I can raise the dust, I can raise stones. I can raise anything. I can, you know, he does not need you for anything. He doesn't need us. You know? When Adam and Eve severed that relationship, he came now at the cool of the day to have fellowship, relationship with them. And they were hiding. I said, ah, where are you? I said, no, sorry, we are, we, are, we are naked. We can't come out to meet you. Really, you're naked. Now you realize that you're naked. But did God continue to live? It continued. Yes, I believe God Almighty loved you. You know, that, you know, having the relationship with them in the cool of the evening, you know, have understanding, just talk about the, the, the trees, the whole thing, the flowers and stuff like that, you know, the, whatever, you know, the environment and, and a whole lot. But when he came and realized that these people, they have uh, deviated, that did not stop him from being God. He still continued. He has no need. Praise the Lord. So as limited humans, we have incredible needs. And some of the time when we have this need unfulfilled, it can lead to death. But God does not have any need. He doesn't have any whatsoever. Hallelujah. He doesn't have anything whatsoever. You know, and he says in the book of Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16, in health healthy, he says, I pray that, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with the inner strength through his spirit. The high the Lord, he will you know, empower you with the inner strength. So from his glorious and unlimited resources. When you look at economy, they said resources are scarce, it's limited. And our want is unlimited. But God is saying, I'm unlimited. Everything is unlimited. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So which means some of you now, when you depend on your resources, better financial or what have you, things can happen. It can vaporize. It can grow wings and fly away. But when you have God, he's always available. He's always available. Hallelujah. So because God is self-sufficient, we can go to him to satisfy all our needs. 
We never have to worry about drying up. He is never ending. Hallelujah. His goodness is never ending. His grace is never ending. The healing is never ending. His provision is never ending. Hallelujah. His love continues, is also never ending. Praise the Lord. And that is why he said, to him that is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. He's the one who can do all those for us. And the fourth one says, God is omnipotent. Is omnipotent. All-powerful. Unlimited power. All-powerful. The one who suspended the whole head on nothing. Just imagine this whole head suspended it on nothing. So when we are talking about God and you begin to look at it that from our human perspective to be able to describe who God is and to be able to permutate and begin to put mathematics, arithmetic behind it, like two plus two. It is not two plus two. It's not about two plus two. It's for you to be able to sit down and look at it that who are we talking about? He only just reveal the glimpse just a little for us to have an understanding of who we are dealing with. So when you stand in front of people and say, my father, it's not about the earthly father. The Bible in the book of Hebrews call him father of our spirit. Father of our spirit, the one who gave us a new spirit. When we became born again, he gave us a new spirit. He's the owner, the father of our spirit. Hallelujah. You know, so it's, it's, it's something that we should think about. And the book of Job chapter 11 verse uh, from 7 to, to 11, I, I'll take a look at that. Job 11, 7 to 11. It says, can you fathom the mystery of God? Can you probe the limits of the Almighty? They are higher than the heavens above. What can you do? They are deeper than the depth below. What can you know? Their measure is longer than the earth and wider than the sea. If he comes along and confines you in prison and conveys a court, who can oppose him? Surely he recognizes deceivers. And when he sees evils, does he not take notes? And Psalm 33 verse 6 says, By the word of the Lord the heavens were made, the starry host of the breath of his mouth. Hallelujah. Our God is all-powerful. It's unlimited. Homely. When you talk about homely, it means all, all, not some, not in part, all. And when you talk about potent, talking about the power, it's powerful. Our God is able and powerful to do anything he wills without any human effort. If he wills it, he's able to do it. If he wills it, he's able to do it. Hallelujah. And that is why we're saying help can come from the sanctuary. We heard that testimony from this altar, that the help came from the sanctuary. Because people of the head can actually, you know, disappoint. And it's not, most of it's not, it's not, it's not their fault. They don't, it's, they are not omnipotent. They are not omnipotent. It's limited by what they can give, limited by what they have. But I'm drawing you to our Father, who has all the powers. All power, all power belongs to him. That's the father that I'm drawing you to today. And it's also interesting to know that he's saying, I have given you this power to tread upon serpent. You know, some of the time he shares some of these attributes with us. 
to tread upon serpent and scorpion and overhaul the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by enemies hurt you. You know, it shares it with us. I mean, for me, the month of January was extraordinary. You know, because I learned how to just, you know, why fasting, you know, trying to just follow him. And you know, when you're fasting, it's like when you deny yourself of the food, deny the flesh, but and then you, you tend to focus on God, focus on spiritual things, focus on, you know, having fellowship with him. And, you, you know, it begins to just tell you some things, to just espouse and open up some things to you. You know, to just let you know that, look, I'm willing to dine with you every moment, at every opportunity, whether you are driving, you are at home, you know, you're sitting down, issues of life happen, he's just willing to have that communication with you. You know, I learned of something, someone said that God is always speaking, but some of the time we misalign. Our spirit at that point in time, if it's not in line with it, I mean, just like you call on me to say, okay, come and pray for me. My own is just to ensure that I'm in a right spiritual standing with God, alignment with God for me to pray for you. I'm only just to pray. I'm not the one that is going to answer that prayer. So I will just pray so far that I know that I've already checked myself to be sure that, yes, I'm on the right path with God. And that is my father. So I pray because he has commanded I should pray. So I pray and allow God to do his own, you know, part of, of the deal. So I just we just release it as he's leading. And he's, you know, he's been talking to us by saying, look, every moment he just wants to be having conversation with us. That we should not be too busy. So which means when things happen, instead of us to start by raising alarm, we should start by asking God, God, do you want me to do anything? What do you want me to do? Can you please help me? Because some of the time, I've experienced in my place of work, somebody will send you an email, and uh, maybe the mail, well, did not really, maybe it hits you on the very bad side, and I used to just go back to your keyboard and see if you, you want to really send it back and fire for fire. It happened to me one time like that, I was like, this will just means that to me, say, no, no. Why don't you just speak to me for before responding to this mail? And I spoke to him. I didn't know he did how to now write that name, put all the courtesy this whole word. <laughs> around the mail before sending it. And at the end of the day, I now realized that instead of me to just be fighting via mail, he just took care of everything. I did not even need to send a follow-up mail. You know, there are some times you, you receive the mail, you're willing that this is like a battle. You send the first one, you're expecting the reference, and then you, in fact, your mind, you've already prepared for the follow-up and a whole lot, you know, like that. But he just saying, why going through all those issues? He's there, he's the father. And I'm just saying, can you talk to me? Talk to me. He's just saying, have conversation with me concerning anything. Just talk to me. It's a good day talk. Not so good talk. You don't even know what to pray about, just talk. You can tell him that, God, I don't even know what to pray about today. You know, he's just saying, have conversation. Hallelujah. And because it's all powerful. Glory be to Jesus. Hallelujah. So our God is omniscient. Omniscient. He's all knowing. He knows all things. He knows all things. All knowing. So you can't hide. You can't hide. You can hide things from me. You can hide things from senior pastor. You can hide things from your, your spouse. You can hide things from your children. You can hide things from your parents. 
Well, you can't hide anything from Almighty God because he knows all things. And just as Isaiah 46, 9 to 10 says, remember the former things, those of long ago, I am God and there is no order. I am God and there is none like me. I make known the end from the beginning. Imagine, from, make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times, what is still to come. I say my purpose will stand and I will do all that I please. You know, years back, I started praying to God. I said, God, I don't want to be going through, you know, uh, try this, try this, try this. Since you know the end from the beginning, why don't you just start giving me the expo as a, you know, just lead me, start dropping it, start dropping it. And I prayed severally. But you know, these days, he's just saying, hey, I have already even spoken. See, the laid down principles are there in the word of God. How you should live your life. We will soon get there how do we relate, you know, to this God Almighty. How can we have, you know, a kind of relationship for us to be able to maintain that channel of communication with God Almighty. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So to be omnipresent is to be in all places at all times. With human knowledge, we cannot understand that. Because how can somebody be in all places at all times? But you know, the problem is we're still using our five senses to describe God. I do not, you know, at times, network can jam. Even technology can jam. Denial of uh, service attack can, can occur. You know, a whole lot can jam the network. But I don't think... I've ever prayed to this God and he said, okay, no, Alex, I'm not listening to you because somebody is disturbing me. Let me listen to that person before I come back to you. Has that ever happened to you? Has that ever happened to you? No. So, so when you begin to ration it and say, okay, I have 10 people, why don't I attend to? Even when you multitask, at least it gets to a point whereby you get exhausted and you know that you can, can actually multitask and do everything all at once. But this God Almighty, taking care of, is it 8 billion? We are 8 billion plus now. You know, taking care of all, and then when you pray, your own channel is open, is able to understand, is able to communicate, is able to listen to you, and another person is coming. And no wonder the book of Hebrews, chapter 9, began to describe that process of sacrifice in the most holy place. And you say for the priest, they call me, the priest will call me once every year with the blood of the, of the, of the animals to come and sacrifice for the atonement of his own sin and then for the sins of the people. Just to say, okay, ah, so that when I enter this place, oh, God Almighty, just please forgive us. And he said he used to do that every year. When I say, that whole process of sacrifice is a foreshadow of what is to come. The excellent one, the perfect one. And we say we now have a high priest who only entered that place once and for all. Hallelujah. He entered the place once and for all, and then with unblemished blood, his own blood, he entered into the most holy place with his own blood, and he made that sacrifice with his blood. Hallelujah. So when you talk about this God, we also look at his attribute being a merciful father. 
And no wonder when the hack was constructed, there is an atonement cover, a mercy seat on top of the hack. Within the hack, you have the manna, you have the testament, you have the burden rod of, uh, of Herod. But it's on top of it, on top of the, the hack of the covenant, there is the mercy seat. And then the cherubim, look, focusing, you know, facing one, each other, and on top of it. And that's where the, the priest in the order used to go and then make sacrifice, make atonement. Approaching that mercy seat. Hallelujah. So which means even our God, he knew right from the beginning that one way or other we will mess up, we will deviate, and he made that provision. And they'll be doing it year in, year out, year in, year out. But he finally made the plan of redemption. Year in, year out, year in, year out, using unperfect blood. But he made the perfect plan of redemption, sending his only begotten son. The blood that is not stained for he to be sacrificed once and for all. Hallelujah. For the remission of our sins. And that's the opportunity that we have. That's the reason why we are here. That's the grace that he has given unto us. Hallelujah. That's the grace he has given unto us. This how our God is wise, full of wisdom, unchanging wisdom, full of wisdom. Romans 11, 33, he says, Hold the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments, and unfathomable his ways. You know, I've been telling you that, look, it's not about using our five senses now, but we will get there what we can use to be able to at least communicate with God. Hallelujah. You know, our God is infinite, infinitely wise, consistently wise, perfectly wise. Hallelujah. You know, from one of the you know, texts that I stumbled on, you know, Tosa, he said, right, wisdom among other things is the ability to devise perfect hands and to achieve those ends by the most perfect means. It sees the end from the beginning, so there can be no need to guess or conjecture. Wisdom sees everything in focus, each in proper relation to all, and is thus able to work towards predestined goals with flawless precision. You know, but when you now look at the wisdom of the Almighty God, we, we do not see hand from the beginning. We can only maybe one way or other we postulate, we, we tend to, I guess, you know, use historical data to be able to look at what will happen in the future and a whole lot of, of things like that. But our God sees end as an end from the beginning. Praise the Lord. End from the beginning. So the fact that God, you know, and you know, we spoke about God being unchanging. And say our God is full of wisdom. And I've said before that God does not relearn like hey high. So it means that God can never have more wisdom. Do you agree with me? He can't have more wisdom. The same wisdom that he had right from when he created the world, he still has that same wisdom. So we should have that comfort in God that whatsoever God has chosen for you is the wisest thing you can ever, ha you can ever have. Because is not even changing when it comes to wisdom. That same wisdom he had yesterday is still the same wisdom that he has today. So the best person to approach 
for any inquiry, for any issues of life, for anything whatsoever, is the Almighty God. Is the Almighty God. Hallelujah. Is the Almighty God. Our God is faithful. Is faithful. Deuteronomy 7 9. Deuteronomy 7 9 says, Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He is the faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keeps his commandment. Praise the Lord. And 2 Timothy 2 13 says, If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. He is always faithful. So when we are faithless, when we promise and we're not able to fulfill, based on our own human shortcomings, he does not have any shortcoming. If he has said it, then he will do it. If he has said it, he will do it. So if he has said it, he will do it. He will do it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So our God is true to his promise. He promised to send his one and only begotten son. He promised to send it. And the book of Hebrews said that some did not even receive that promise. They saw it from afar and they welcomed it from afar. But at the end of the day, he sent his son. I said, and that, like that hymn says, God sent his son, they call him Jesus. He came to love, heal and forgive. He lived and died to buy my father. An empty grave is there to prove my Savior lives. Hallelujah. He's always faithful. And this our God is good. He said, this God is too good though. He's always, he's good, he's kind, full of goodwill. No wonder Psalm 34 verse 8 says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. So come and taste it and see that the Lord is good. Hallelujah. This our God is good and he's inviting us just, not just to believe that God is good, but to experience God's goodness. To experience his goodness. Hallelujah. No wonder it says, many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivered from them all. All. Hallelujah. So our God is just. Is just. Unchangeably right and perfect in all he does. He's just. He's just. Deuteronomy 32, 4 says, The rock, his work is perfect, for all his ways are just. A, good, a God of faithfulness and without injustice. Righteous and upright is he. It's not like a kind of joy that can be manipulated. It can be manipulated. You know, and some of the time, people tend to look at this and they say, okay, yeah, God does not listen to emotions when you approach him and you're crying or whatever, doesn't listen to emotion that maybe you're trying to bribe him to let him change, you know, you know his will and stuff. He has a perfect will. He has a perfect will. So even when we approach him in prayer, when you approach him in prayer, 
we should also learn to listen, to know his perfect will, to know what he's saying. If he has said this, the timing is also in his hand. He can say, be healed, and then instantly you are healed. He can say, be healed. You are healed, but you are not seeing the physical manifestation. You know, I read, I read um, the book uh, uh, from uh, Dodie Hosting. And she was saying when she was sick, diagnosed of cancer, that her husband prayed for her, prayed fervently for her, and that she felt that she believed that that day she got healed. But lo and behold, she wrote in that book that two years afterwards, she still suffered, you know, try, you know, being feeble and very weak, so sick, up to the extent that at that time she couldn't, even, she couldn't go to church any longer. But at the end of the day, God healed her. That happened more than 30 years ago. She's still alive today. Praise the Lord. That's our God. So if he has said it, and you hear it in your spirit, I mean, that's the end of it. It's case closed. Yes, the devil can come around and tell you that he said he has healed you, but you know, you are still suffering. Oh. You are still feeling the symptoms. Oh. And this is this, this is that. Oh. But you know, if he has said it, it's case closed. What you just need to do is for you to depend because you do not, if you do not understand his timing, he has the, the liberty to say, okay, this is how I want the time to run. He promised Abraham, and it wasn't immediately that the baby came. The timing is in his hand. And because you can't be, you can't be wiser than God, he knows when to give you that which he has proposed. He knows when to do that. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I've spoken about God being merciful. Say, our God is gracious. He's gracious. He's gracious. The Lord is gracious. Psalm 145, verse 8. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to hunger and great in loving kindness. He's gracious. His mercies endure forever. He's gracious. He said, because grace is a part of who God is, and not just an action he bestows. It means we can trust that grace is eternal. His, his grace is something we do not earn or lose. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. The gift of God. And no wonder the Bible talks about the indescribable gift. Referring to Jesus, I've given you that indescribable gift. That grace. Grace not what to work for, not what you can even try to like bribe or use all your resources to get, freely given, what we do not merit. That's what God Almighty has bestowed upon us. Our God is full of grace. So why are we focusing on all and blessings? We're trying to go back to the Father, the one who blesses. What are the attributes of this one who blesses? And that's what we're focusing on today. The attribute of this our Father who has promised us that, yes, this year you're going to experience all-round blessings. And when you look at it, how can you say all-round blessings? You mean spiritually it will turn things around? You mean it's going to help me? You, need, you mean it will start speaking to me? Because he said, my sheep, they hear my voice. And I know them. I know their voice. They hear my voice. And you've been asking God... All run. Do you really mean all run? Do you really mean all? 
I thank God, I see no pastor, you know, just on that. Do you really mean hall? Hall? Are you talking about hall or some? Or really hall? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Our God is loving. He keeps loving us. And that is why we were yet sinners. He died for us. You know? 1 John 4, 7 to 8. He says, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. And again, another attribute telling us that our Father is love. Love himself. Our Father is love. Hallelujah. Our Father is love. I know one I says, even if you have unjust judge, and that woman kept pestering, can you advocate for me? Can you give me judgment? Give me good judgment. He said, because of that persistency, he will say, ah, okay, 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 you know what? I want you to leave me alone. Okay, let me do justice to whatever you are asking. But he now said, how much more our Heavenly Father, who is just, and you know, persistently just, not like yesterday, you know, on this side, and today is on this side. No, persistently, consistently. Hallelujah. Consistently. The same yesterday, today, and forever. And our God is holy. Is holy. Perfect in all he does. Revelation 4, 8. Holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. Our God is holy. Holy. Revered, divine. Our God is holy. Praise the Lord. That God is holy means that He's endless, always perfect. Always perfect. He said, Be ye holy as I'm holy. Always perfect. Always perfect. Hallelujah. And He said, Our God is glorious. He's glorious. Habakkuk 3 4 says, His radiance is like the sunlight. He has rays flashing from his hand. And there is no hiding of his power. Our God is glorious, radiant, the splendor of our King. You know, I think he said, robed in majesty. Hallelujah. I'm just trying to remember that song. Praise the Lord. Our God is glorious. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. He said, when we think of the glory of the Lord, the image of the brilliant light often comes to our minds. That is certainly appropriate as scriptures often describe the glory of God in terms of a light that shines brighter than anything that we can experience. He got to a point, he had to tell, cover your face. You know, you covered him. You covered him so that I would not say, I will just allow my glory to pass in front of you. But still cover this. I will, just, I will just allow you to just have a glimpse. You don't have a glimpse. Have a glimpse. I know some of those days, you know, you will go to the mountain, have fellowship with God, interaction, and by the time he gets back, you know, he goes back and they couldn't even look at his face because even Moses himself, like, the thing just, little of it just rubbed off for you. People couldn't take a look. They couldn't stare at him. They couldn't stare at him because the glory was just too much. And it was just a glimpse. So let me just give you an idea. Just have a glimpse of this thing we're talking about. 
Hallelujah. Her God is glorious. So I don't know. Just want us to, I don't know if anybody would like to share with us, looking at all these attributes. Are there been times where you experience any of these attributes of God? That, you know, you experience that this thing, indeed, you can actually testify that, yes, it's real. Has that been any times? Has that been any times? Anybody would like to share? Praise the Lord. Please, microphone. Um, so while he was talking, I just I wanted to throw some light to what he was sharing. Because um, when we started the fast this year, um, growing up, I felt prayer was hard. Prayer felt like a chore. And I think a lot of us grew up that way. Uh, we always felt that prayer was more like asking and receiving it was a thing of i say to god and god responds to me but during the fast what i found out with prayer is that prayer is actually fellowship and it made prayer a lot easier for me now uh, and i think a lot of the time if we if we really sit down to think about it we think that prayer with god is like going to an atm machine you know you put in your card and key in your password and unfortunately pastors and churches have continued to strengthen prayer looking like a transaction so when you come to god in prayers you are looking to god to say give me answers to my requests but really for me in january shifting focus from in and obviously we fasted in january shifting focus was now to see prayer as fellowship i want to get to know my wife on a daily we have to talk I want to know what's in her head. She wants to know what's in my head. It's that conversation. And the more you spend time in prayer, not looking as though I want something from her, yeah. it changes the dynamics of our relationships. That sometimes she won't give me what I want or I won't give her what she wants. But because we are in it, we are fellowshipping, we are talking, we are communicating, the relationship is strengthened. And I think until Christians begin to learn to see prayer as a relationship, as fellowshipping, we will always get to points where when we don't get the desired results we want, we get frustrated, we lose our, we stop seeing God for who he is, that he's unquestionable, that when he doesn't say yes to your answers, it's actually for your good. You know that piece in scripture that says that all things work together for good to them who love God, love Fortunately, today is Valentine's Day and a lot of people with Valentine, it's a transaction. People will go, some men, forgive me, husbands, who are really not fellowshipping with their spouses, but because of today, they want to put something on the grounds. They want to put something on Instagram, on the blogs. They will transact a relationship with their spouses just to make her feel good. Send something to her office, she'll post it on Instagram and all of that stuff. But if you dig deeply into that relationship, they don't really have a relationship. They're actually cohabiting. So for me, um, um, strengthening this conversation, and I'm actually, you know, piggyback riding on what he's saying. Let's, as Christians, shift our focus of seeing the, our prayer time with God as a request and receive answer time. See it as what it should be. It should be an Eden experience. In the cool of the evening, God will come down and will sit down with Adam and will sit down with Eve and they will just, you know, just gist and talk about the day, talk about their plans. Until we start seeing prayer in that light, the struggle to come to God in prayers will be 
he's not a, he's not a prayer answering god but look at all we have reeled out he's faithful he's loving he's good he's and that's who god is besides our experiences on a daily basis god remains good remains faithful remains kind remains loving and even when you don't feel it if you really fellowshiping with him you because there are days my wife doesn't feel like i love her yes i will I, am i talking to people who are being honest here because i think this is honest there are days she's just like this guy this is coconut head he doesn't even care you know blah 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 but she knows that we're committed to this relationship we're in it together we're talking we're you know and this is not feeling good she will tell you i don't feel loved i don't feel respected on my own part i don't feel honored you know we can talk about that because the relationship is authentic and is real and how is it that god speaks of david in the bible as the man after his heart have we ever spent some time to look at psalms Psalms is actually the most authentic relationship with God and man. And that's why I think our fathers from way before prayed the Psalms. If you look at Psalms, David will question God. He would question his heart, the posture of his heart. Why am I disconcerted in myself, oh my soul? Oh God, why will you, today I read 27 and 20, 26 and 27, and you see him questioning God and still reaffirming himself in God because he knows that even when the obvious around him doesn't look like it's adding up, God remains God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Okay, hallelujah. This, you can go, and then just to add to that, you know, someone like they will tell you, maybe because you're a man, man say men don't cry, right? <laughs> but like in the book of Psalms, you could see how David expressed everything. So you can, your emotions, everything, just, Take it to him because he's the father, heavenly father. Uh, so it's not like you're trying to package yourself before who? Before God. So, my sister, please. Hallelujah. So we're just going to briefly go into the second part of this study. How to relate with the father as his children. And looking at uh, one of our main tests, Hebrew, Hebrews 12, 9 in NLT. He said, since 
We respected our earthly fathers who disciplined us. Shouldn't we submit even more to the discipline of the father of our spirits and live forever? This word, father of our spirits, jumped at me. Was it two weeks ago or last week? Father of our spirit. I was just reading the book of Hebrews. I started from nine. And when I got to 12, I was like, Father of our spirit. And I was like, wow, really? Father of our spirit. And I also linked that to the book of Galatians. And that is why I spoke about living, walking by the spirit. Galatians. And he was talking about the outcome, the output. If you live and walk by the spirit, these are the outputs. And he began to list all those outputs. And if you do not live, if you live by the flesh, he also talks about the heart for sexual immorality, anger, malice. So which means when you look at all those, I, okay, please, since we are having Bible study, let's, let's look at the word of God. Let's open to it together. Galatians 5, 16 to 26. Galatians 5, 16 to 26. If you're there, you can kindly uh, read Galatians 5, 16 to 26. Thank you so much, man. So if you look at it, the output is there, outcome. Live by the flesh, and then you find yourself getting angry, malice, all those things listed there. And then if you walk in the spirit, you also see the fruit. So which means when you're experiencing some of these things, it's just like a result that has been presented to you. So you can actually examine it and say, okay, indeed, is it like I've been led by my flesh? or being led by the Spirit. That can also help you to say, oh, really, I need to do something about this thing. The output, what I'm seeing. Am I being led by the Spirit? I'm being led by my flesh. Praise the Lord. Because he's the father of our spirit. He communicates, commune with our spirit continuously. Commune with it. But are we in the right perspective? Are we in the right place with God? We're born again. Do we walk out our salvation with fear and trembling? Stay on the right path. Praise the Lord. And also in staying on the right path, it's also for us to be deliberate. Our brother spoke about you having conversation with God. You pray. And some of you now will look at it. It just as maybe you're giving God command. I want this. I want to do, 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 do. But you pray. Even while you're praying, do you also have the confidence? that is hearing you. Because it's just like you appear in the exam or you want to write the exam. Definitely there is no gain saying. You will be expecting, your expectation is that I'm going to receive a question paper. Isn't it? You're not going to receive solution because you know that I'm here to write the exam. So which means, even when you wake up, when you're praying, when you're fellowshipping with God, it will get to a point whereby you know the expectation is that my God is inhabiting this place. My God is having this conversation with him. My God is listening. You have that feel. And that, that consciousness will also lead us that everything we do, all our activities, we will now be deliberate in committing everything to God. And I used to joke about that. I said, what about if you want to take water, a glass of water? You know? As little as you want to take a glass of water, you can commit it. You know, when you have that attitude, that habit, is now like part of you. 
that everything you do, you just say, it's me and God, it's me and God. Oh, it's me and God. Somebody is accusing you, even before you respond, you want to talk to the Father first. Because you just believe that it's you and God. Yes, he has given you the intellect. But now you are now saying, I just want everything, submit everything to you. You know, it's like this fellowship. We're on this journey together. Praise the Lord. So when you live by the Spirit, you see some of these things that have been itemized. And also, the forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, you see all of them. But when you live by the flesh, you see all sorts of things, envy, drunkenness, orgies, dissensions, you know, ambition, self-ambitions, rage, and all those things, jealousies. You know? So Paul encourages us to live by the Spirit. Hallelujah. And you know, the second part of this also talks about living by faith. Uh, because of our time, I would just love us to read the book of Hebrews. Hebrews, the latter part of verse uh, of, of chapter 10, Hebrews 10, the latter part of it. And then, I don't know, because of our time, I just want us to take a look at that Hebrews 11. You know, something jumped at me when I was looking at that Hebrews 11. I realized that the accounts that were given in the book of Hebrews, and I tried to link it to what Bible spoke about these people in the Old Testament. These guys were just doing their things on a daily basis. They were just doing it, not like... It was not all of them that God said that God spoke the way he spoke to Abraham, go and sacrifice. The Bible talks about Moses. He decided not to, you know, in fact, he talks about his mother. That his mother decided to hide the son. He decided to hide the son. And it wasn't like God told her, go and hide it. So when you look at the accounts of all those father of faith listed in the book of Hebrews, I said, God, so this is all that I've been looking for all this while. These guys live their life following what they believe, living by faith. And now in the book of New Testament, the account was written concerning them. The same thing happened to Esau in the book of Hebrews chapter 12, I think verse 16. And the Bible spoke about Esau that he sold his birthright. He said, don't be like Esau that sold his birthright showing us the negative aspect of it. That it, was just, it wasn't like God you know, spoke to uh, Jacob, go and take your brother's birthright. As they were just living their life, living their life, living by faith. Before I used to think, when you say living by faith is that, okay, obstacles will come, you need to overcome that obstacle so that you learn, and then issues come, you overcome it, and then that's how your faith grows. That was what I was thinking. I now realize that, Living my faith like every moment, every minute, every second, because I'm a spirit being. I live by faith. I exist by faith. I do everything by faith. Everything by faith in the word of God. Because it's my father. So I'm communing with God through faith. That yes, I'm having this conversation. It's with God. Please, if you read that account because of our time, if you read the account of those people in the book of Hebrews, it wasn't all of them that God spoke to that, look, I'm commanding you go and do this. And the Bible now recorded that this all lived by faith. So when I look at it, I say, God, this is what I've been looking for all this while. So this living by faith means that at first, I need to live by the Spirit. Not walking, standing in the way of sinner. Check myself to be sure I'm right with you. 
First, you must be born again because if you're not born again, you can't live by the Spirit. You can't, God is not your father if you're not born again. So it starts from you being born again. It is when you're born again, you're in the fold, you can call God your father. Now that is your father. Yes, there are little, little sins that beset us. As Hebrews 12 says, he said even all these sins that actually beset us, he has already made, made a way of escape. He said, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Hallelujah. And the latter part of uh, 12 talks about the perseverance and the patience. And he was saying, if your earthly father, if he, does, if he disciplines you, just for you to be able to turn out well, so much more God in heaven. So which means, even this walking by faith, we are call, he is calling us to actually take it by faith. Even when we go through issues, are we also seeing God in those issues? Are we seeing him in this? Or because issues happen and then immediately you want to start complaining that no, he's not God. God is not here. You know, he has deserted me. No, 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 he's not here. Do you know whether he's just trying to prune you? You know, just trying to prune you. Just trying to prune you. You know, sometimes I just want to be like a baby in his hand. Just a baby, I think. You know, baby, our own children, they rely so much on us. You know, when they were toddler, baby, whatever, they rely so much. You say, go there, they go without asking you questions or anything. Maybe sometimes I want to even be like that. No question asked. Wherever you lead me, I follow. Hallelujah. I follow wherever you lead me. Praise the Lord. So I just magnify the name of the Lord for uh, tonight's uh, uh, sharing. So in the journey of understanding God as our Heavenly Father, we have transversed the vast landscape of Scripture, exploring the multifaceted attributes of our Creator. Through the lens of His Word, we have, we have a glimpse His infinite wisdom, unchanging nature, and boundless love, drawing closer to Him with all and reference. As cherished children of God, we are called to live in intimate relationship with Him, walking in the power of the Spirit and demonstrating our faith through obedience and perseverance. As we fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith, may we press on towards the prize of the incomparable kingdom that awaits us, where we will dwell in the presence of our Heavenly Father forevermore. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you for listening.